Uh, today, I want to talk to you about what it means to be a Christian. And uh, while we usually ground our messages in a specific passage and kind of look in depth at that, today, in covering this topic, I'm going to be uh, reading and referencing a whole host of verses. Um, they're all on your outline that I'll be uh, reading or covering, uh, referencing, but we will not be showing them on the screen today just because how many there, uh, there are. It seems to me that there's a lot of confusion today about what it means to be a Christian. There seem to be a lot of misguided viewpoints uh, on that question. I feel like I talk about this a lot, but I, I think it needs to be talked about a lot. And, and so I you know, just want to highlight some of these things again today. You know, for many, being a Christian doesn't mean much more than uh, acknowledging that they live in a country where most of the population identifies uh, as Christian. You, you know, up to, I think it's still like 70% of our nation self-identifies as Christian. Uh, for the vast majority of those people, it is simply a cultural uh, designation. It's, it's similar to how someone who's, you know, never been to Germany, doesn't know anything about Germany, but has German ancestry, would identify themselves as Christian. Uh, many, many, as German, thank you. Uh, many people uh, today uh, think being a Christian is kind of like that. They really don't know much about Christianity, uh, but Christian is a label that's been attached to their country, been attached to their family uh, for decades or generations. And so for them, being Christian is just sort of a cultural uh, identifier. It's back there in their ancestry, and they think that's what it means uh, to be a Christian. For some, being a Christian means that you uh, go to church. Now, most of you know me well enough to know I'm both thumbs up on, on going to church. I think Christians ought to do that. Being a part of a church family is a vitally important part of being a Christian, but going to church is not what makes someone a Christian. A lot of people think it is. And, and sadly, churches are full of people who, who think they're a Christian because they go to church. And yet, what that means, if that's what they're thinking, is that churches are actually full of people who think they're Christian, uh, but are not actually Christian. In our time, what it means to be a Christian, according to many people, is that you be really, really nice all of the time. And while I am, again, thumbs up on being nice, uh, it is not, you know, the, the central truth of what it means to be a Christian. One of the even more important meanings of what it means to be a Christian in our day and time is that uh, you are non-judgmental. You'll hear people say this a lot. Well, if, if somebody's really a Christian, then they don't judge uh, others. Others will tell you what it means to be a Christian is that you live a moral life. You obey the Ten Commandments. You do unto others as, uh, as you would have them do unto you. Now, that should be true of Christians, but it's really not a sufficient understanding of what it means to be a Christian. In fact, uh, that understanding by itself is something we talked about a few months ago, moralism, which can actually keep someone uh, from becoming a Christian. For some, being a Christian is following some of the teachings of Jesus that you find attractive. Being a Christian means that you attach yourself to Jesus as uh, some type of a spiritual guru. While Jesus is certainly our guide for spiritual matters, Jesus as spiritual guru is an insufficient understanding of what it means to be a Christian. All of these are misguided views, and we could list a, a whole bunch more. They're all misguided views on what it means to be a Christian. 
But as we try to reject the wrong ideas and find what it really means to be a Christian from the teachings of Scripture, there's an awful lot uh, that uh, could be said. And I certainly won't be able to say everything that could be said today, but there are three things that are very fundamental to what it means to be a Christian that I do want to share with you today. And here's the first one. A Christian is someone who has been saved by Jesus Christ. There is a widespread belief today that giving a thumbs up to some of Jesus' teachings, identifying yourself as someone who really likes a lot of what Jesus had to say, makes you a Christian. There's pretty widespread belief today that working real hard to obey the moral teachings of Jesus makes you a Christian. But giving a thumbs up to the teachings of Jesus, trying real hard to live a life that is morally consistent with the teachings of Jesus, these things do not make a person a Christian. Uh, Certainly agreeing with Jesus' teachings and obeying the moral commands of uh, Jesus are things that should be true of Christian people. But the starting point of answering what it means to be a Christian is not that you like Jesus' teachings or you obey his moral commands. You see, we don't just need a good teacher. We don't just need moral guidance. You and I need those things, but we need a lot more than those things. What we actually need is a Savior. We need a Savior. And the Bible teaches very clearly that we are all separated from God by our rebellion against God, by our sin. And the storyline of the Bible is all about how God has acted in history to save us from our sinful condition and permit us as unrighteous and as unholy as we are to be restored to a relationship with him and to eventually live with him forever. Romans 6.23 tells us that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus, our Lord. We need a Savior. And while I can't possibly cover all the relevant passages that that make this clear to us, that communicate this truth, I do want to share a few with you today. Jesus told Nicodemus, who asked how someone could enter the kingdom of God in both John 3.3 and 3.7, that to enter the kingdom of God, to belong to God, to be saved, a person must be born again. It's not enough to say, Jesus, I like your teachings. I think I'll follow some of them. It's not enough to say, Jesus, I agree with you about morality. I do want to live the kind of life that you tell us to live. That's not enough. We must be born again. And scripture has a lot of information revealing to us what it means to be born again. Jesus continued his dialogue with Nicodemus in John 3. He he told him he must be born again, and then he explained how one goes about being born again. He said in that famous verse, verse 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. You want to enter the kingdom of God? You want to belong to God? You want to be saved? You've got to be born again. You've got to believe in God's one and only Son, Jesus Christ. Paul said it this way in Romans 10. He said, if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with the heart that you believe and are justified. And it's with your mouth that you confess 
and are saved. To be a Christian, you must be saved by Christ. And to be saved, you must believe in your heart the truth about Jesus, the truth about his sinless life, the truth about his substitutionary death, the truth about his resurrection. When you believe the truth about Christ and his death on the cross, and you confess that truth with your mouth, Paul says that then you will be saved. You need a savior. I need a savior. And this is how we receive Christ as savior. And so a Christian is one who has recognized their need of a savior, has turned to Christ as that savior, and has received the salvation that is available in him. In Acts 20, 21, Paul said, I have declared to both Jews and Greeks that they must turn to God in repentance and have faith in our Lord Jesus. A Christian is one who has turned to God in repentance, who has placed their faith in Christ. To be a Christian, a person must turn to God in repentance. And Galatians 3.26 confirms this as well, telling us that we become sons of God through faith in Christ. And when we've turned to Christ in faith, believed in our hearts the the truth about Jesus and his death and resurrection, the truth about Christ and his cross. And when we have confessed that truth with our mouths, turned to God in repentance, 2 Corinthians 5.17 tells us that we become new creations in Christ. And so what it means to be a Christian is that you have recognized your need of a Savior You have turned to Christ and believed in him as your savior. You have repented and believed and confessed the truth about Jesus. You have been saved. You've been born again. And you are now a new creation in Christ Jesus. If a person has not recognized their need of a savior and turned to Christ in faith and received the salvation that he has secured for us on the cross... That person is not a Christian. They can like Jesus. They can agree with Jesus about a lot of things. They can agree that Jesus is a great teacher. They can share Christ's concern for the poor. They can share Christ's concern for morality. They can be nice and non judgmental, but they are not a Christian. A Christian is one who has been saved by Christ, recognized they need a Savior, and turned to Christ for salvation. And a Christian is also one who is surrendered to Christ. A Christian is saved by Christ, and a Christian is someone who is surrendered to Christ. Luke 9, 23 through 25, listen to the words of Jesus, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross daily, and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. Whoever loses their life for me will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their very self? There's a widespread belief in our culture that a person can say, yes, Jesus, I'll receive the salvation that you offer me. And then I will do as I please throughout the rest of my life. And then when I die, you and I will connect again. 
and you can usher me through the pearly gates to my eternal reward for doing nothing for my entire life. But that's not what it means to be a Christian. You see, Jesus does not pick and choose how to relate to him. We cannot receive him as Savior while rejecting him as Lord. When we receive him as Savior, we get him as Lord. It is a package deal. It's a package deal. Pay attention to what Jesus said in Luke 9. Whoever wants to be my disciple... Some translations say, if you want to be my disciple, you must deny yourself and take up your cross. Make no mistake, Jesus does not give us the option of receiving his salvation and then ignoring him, doing our own thing once we've been saved. He expects us to follow him, to deny ourselves for him, to give our lives as living sacrifices for him. Take up your cross. It means that we're to surrender our entire lives to Jesus. A Christian is someone who is surrendered to Christ. Now, thankfully, Scripture also lets us know that this is a process that continues throughout our entire lives. None of us arrive at perfectly surrendered in this life. Scripture lets us know that God is patient with us, that he is long-suffering with us. He, He remembers how he formed us. He remembers that we are weak. He's patient and long-suffering with us. He he loves us. Scripture lets us know that he forgives us when we fail to surrender to him in some thought. Or action. God is gracious. He is merciful. He is patient. He he walks with us and brings us along slowly. He he forgives us when we're not entirely surrendered as we should be. But let's be clear about something. A Christian is someone who is surrendered to Christ. Perhaps not fully, but there needs to be evidence of surrender to Christ. If there is not something that you're doing now that you wouldn't do if not for Jesus, or if there isn't something that you are avoiding now that you wouldn't avoid if not for Jesus, you need to ask some questions about yourself. You see, we'll never be perfectly surrendered, but there needs to be evidence of surrender to Christ or a person should begin to question whether they were ever saved in the first place. Jesus said in John 14, 15, if you love me, keep my commands. Again, John 14, 23, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My father will love them and we will come to them and make our home with them. A lot of us say that we love Jesus, but our actions betray us. If we truly love him, there is going to be some obedience evident in our lives. A Christian is someone who has been saved by Christ. A Christian is someone who has surrendered to Christ. And third, a Christian is someone who is engaged in Christ's mission in the world. Someone who is serving Christ and serving his mission in the world. And here's a truth that many Christians try to avoid. 
God did not save us only to have the pleasure of our presence in heaven forever. Now, I know a good many of you here today, and I do know that your presence in heaven will not only be pleasurable for God, but for all the rest of us that are going to be there. Okay. (laughs) See, this is my only shtick. I say something you don't find funny, then I say, well, I guess that wasn't funny, then you finally laugh. It's, it's, it's 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 all I got. It's all I got. But, uh... Anyway, so I'm just going to go to that well until you don't laugh at either thing, and then, and then I'll just give up and we'll be serious the whole time. So what I take from this, though, is that you all really do think it'll be very pleasurable for God and for all of us uh, that, that, you, that you're, you're around. Uh, anyway. There is something more that Jesus saved us for. Now, in spite of my attempted humor there, I do believe that uh, God is going to be very pleased by your presence in heaven. God loves us all. He gave himself for us so that he could be with us uh, forever. But the point here is that that is not the total story of why he saved us. He didn't save us just to be in heaven with him. He saved us in order for us to join his mission in the world, to be his hands and feet in the world today. There is a purpose beyond heaven that Jesus saved us for. Ephesians 2, 8, and 9 are a couple of very famous verses. They say, for it is by grace you've been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it's the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. What wonderful verses affirming that we're saved uh, by grace through faith, that we can't earn our salvation. What liberating verses. But verse 10 is a pretty important verse as well, even though it's much less famous. And here's what verse 10 says. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. We've been saved by faith because we're God's handiwork and we were created in Jesus to do good works. God prepared ahead of time, prepared in advance that everybody who would belong to him would be busy about doing good works in his name. A Christian is one who has been created by Jesus to do good works. We're not saved by them, but we are called to do them. Galatians 6, 9, and 10 also emphasizes the importance of good works for Christians. It says, let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. I love these two verses. First of all, I love that they remind us that even though we may be tempted to grow weary of doing good, anybody here ever tempted to grow weary of doing good? Anybody ever say, you know what? I've been doing good. It's just not worth it. I'm I'm just going to stop trying to to be so nice to people. I'm going to stop trying to be so good. Anybody feel like that? Yes, two hands, two hands over here, hands there, dishonest people all the way around the room. 
Yes. Tempted to grow weary and, and give up. One of the things I love about when the scripture says stuff like this is it lets me know that God knew what a struggle some of these things were going to be for us sometimes. He knew how tempted we were going to be to give up and think that the good we're trying to do isn't, feel like it's not being effective. He knew all of that. And he said to us through his word, don't grow weary of doing good. We need to resist that temptation because we're told in scripture that there is a harvest for all of the good that we're trying to do if we just won't give up. There is a harvest. We might see it in this life. We might not see it till the next life, but there is a harvest. There is a harvest. But here's what I most want to emphasize today is that these verses encourage us to do good to all people and then especially to those who belong to the family of believers. We are to serve each other and we're to serve all people, including those who are far from God. A Christian is someone who is committed to doing good to all their fellow believers and all the world, including those who are far from God. And here's more of what it means to be a Christian. To be a Christian is to be Christ's representative in the world, to be Christ's ambassadors in the world. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 20. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Notice what comes with being a new creation in Christ, with being a Christian, we have been given the ministry of reconciliation. The message of reconciliation has been entrusted to us. We are Christ's ambassadors. An ambassador is someone who represents the interest of his home country while living in a foreign land, a foreign country. As new creations in Christ, we are citizens of heaven, but we have been stationed here in the earth by God to represent his interest in this present world system. And what we're supposed to be doing as his ambassadors is we are supposed to be sharing this message of reconciliation, pleading with the people of this foreign and hostile land to be reconciled to God. Assuring the residents of this land we live in that the king of the kingdom we're part of has good intentions for them. He wants to make peace with them. Our message is that the king the inhabitants of earth have rebelled against is willing, is willing to have peace with them. In fact, he's made peace with them. They'll just receive it, just respond to it. We were created for good works. We're to do good to all people. We're to serve as Christ ambassadors. And then we find in Matthew 28, 19, and 20 that we're to go to all nations and make disciples of them, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that Christ has commanded. And Jesus says, uh, surely I am with you always to the very end 
of the age. We're to go, we're to make disciples, we're to baptize people, and we're to teach everyone who receives the message about Jesus to obey everything that Christ has commanded. A Christian is someone who is engaged in Christ's mission in the world. There's a lot more that could be said about what it means to be a Christian, but these are three central and very important truths that go a long way in defining what it means to be a Christian. A Christian is someone who has been saved by Christ. A Christian is someone who has surrendered to Christ. A Christian is someone who is engaged in Christ's mission in the world. So what do these definitions, when you, when you compare your life to these definitions of what it means to be a Christian, what do these things reveal about you? If there is anyone here today who has had one of the misguided views of what it means to be a Christian that I mentioned earlier, thought you were a Christian for a reason that doesn't hold up when compared with the truth of Scripture, then I hope what you'll do today is that you will receive the message, and I hope that you will become a Christian in all that it means, all that it correctly means. And if you're here today and you really are a Christian, but but if you're honest with yourself, you've noticed that wrong thinking has begun to, has begun to slip into your mind, or you've realized that you have loosen your standards of what it means to be surrendered to Jesus, or you realize that you've gotten a little too casual in your engagement in Christ's mission in the world, then I hope that you'll receive the message today as a gentle reminder of what it really means to be a Christian, and that you will allow the Holy Spirit today to begin to empower you to live your life in such a way that, that, that when you compare it to these three true definitions of what it means to be a Christian, that your life will be able to be an example of those things, that your life will reveal what it really means to be a Christian. That is my hope and my prayer uh, for all of us here today. Why don't you stand?